Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, bless him, bless him, bless him. If you're waiting for the crowd to join in with you, you're in the wrong place. I'm praying because he's good to me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise his name. Praise his name. Praise his name. I don't know about you, but my God is greater. My God is stronger. He's higher than any in any problem, higher than any situation. No wonder the psalmist said in the 121st song, said, will I live my eyes until what the hills from whence cometh my help? My help coming from the Lord, hallelujah, which made heaven and earth. And I don't know about you. I'm going to always look to him because he is my help. He's greater. He's stronger. He's more mighty than anything, anything, anybody. And we bless him on today. Hallelujah. We bless God on today. You may be seated. Those of you that are here, those of you that are online, again, we thank God for you being with us in this service on this morning. And I want to declare to you probably something that you already know, but I just want to continue to declare this unto you. God is good. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's good to just remind yourself of that periodically. God is good. Because sometimes situations come in your life trying to discourage you, but you need to remind yourself God is still good in the midst of all that is happening in our lives. And we bless the Lord on this morning again. We thank God for our online audience being with us on this morning. For those of you that have come out to join in with us. I, I want to encourage you, let's continue to keep uh, each other in prayer. It seems as if this Omicron um, virus, COVID virus, this is, has been attacking, amen. And so many individuals, it seemed like for a while, uh, the COVID had been hitting people that maybe for the most part, I didn't know, but for the last maybe month or so, a lot of individuals that I know uh, close to have been uh, um, affected by this COVID virus and, uh, and even some of those that are here have been affected by the virus. So again, let's continue to keep them in prayer and by all means, uh, keep yourself safe. Amen. Don't drop your guards. Eh? We, we got God on our sides. We got God on our sides, uh, but God also give you wisdom. Amen. So we make sure we want to make sure that we encourage you to use wisdom as you go out. If you have to go out, make sure you wear your masks. Um, make sure you socially distance. Amen. From individuals, because, you, 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 you know, uh, um, we still don't understand all there is about this virus. We got medical science that are still going into the labs and coming up with different things. And we thank God for them. But there's still a lot of unknowns. Amen. So we want to make sure that uh, we govern ourselves accordingly. And of course, let's not forget to continue to pray. Amen. Whenever anything happens in our world, in our lives, we always have an out. And that is when we run to God. Amen. So we want to continue to do that as we go forward. I want to uh, uh, challenge you on today. I have a word that I want to um, minister to you, but before I go into the word of God, I want to invite uh, those of you that are here as well as those of you that are online to join in with us here at Our Father's House. We are going to start a fast on tomorrow, which is Monday the 9th, or Monday the 10th, today's the 9th, Monday the 10th through Friday. And we'll be fasting every day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. 
if we want to give ourselves over to the Lord, amen. I know a lot of ministries, we start the year out with fasting, and, and that's always good, amen, to start the year out with fasting. And we want to uh, um, go into a fasting time and a time of consecration before the Lord. And I have several things that I want to encourage you. As I was before the Lord, I felt the Lord put these things in my heart to um, have you focus on while we are fasting for this particular week. First of all, we want to be praying for directions for the ministry. Uh, be praying for directions for the ministry. I, I believe that anybody that's doing a work for the Lord ought to continue to seek God for directions. I don't care where you are, how far you are. Amen. We ought to always seek God for directions. And I want you, as you're praying this week, to pray and ask God to give us directions for the ministry. I have sense enough to know that I'm not smart enough to lead this ministry to where God wanted to. I need to hear from God. And uh, um, I want you to be praying that God would give us directions for the ministry, direction for our lives. Amen. We need directions for our lives. The Bible said the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. Amen. And whenever we get to the place we feel like we can do it without him, we're putting ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for a downfall. So let's pray for directions for our individual lives as well as our families. And I want to also, uh, uh, during this fast, uh, um, pray and ask God, I, I want you to position yourself to make yourselves available to God during this year. And, and the reason why I, I want to encourage you to do that is because God has purpose. We've been talking about purpose. We've been talking about what God wants to do. And we've been looking at what's happening in our world on today. Somebody needs to stand up and say, God, I'm available to you. We sing the song, but I want us to go beyond singing the song. And I want you to uh, uh, focus on this. God, help me to make myself available to you. Whatever it is you want to do in me, whatever it is you want to do with me, whatever it is you want to do through me, God, I want you to have your way. So during this time, I want you to ask God to help you to make yourselves available to him. The third thing I want us to focus on is that asking God to destroy all of the residue of the work of Satan in our lives. <clears throat> now, you may say, well, you know, God, I'm delivered. Okay, that's fine. But I want us during this time, because one thing I've learned, and I've been saved long enough to understand this, a lot of time you could be delivered from a thing, but a lot of time there's residue. The enemy comes back. And he left Jesus, the Bible said he left him for a season. Amen. So there are a lot of time there are residue that's left. And if there's anything that's still there, he's going to come back and lay claim to it. The Bible said concerning Jesus said that the principles were coming, but he find nothing in me. Uh, so when he comes back, I want to make sure that there's no residue, no lingering thoughts, no lingering emotions, no lingering desires that shouldn't be there. God, take all of these things out of me because I want to go further into you. So ask God to deliver and destroy all of the residue of the enemy uh, that has been working in your lives. And as I said earlier, I want you to be praying for your family members. Amen. One thing I've learned, uh, when God moves in your life, never get to the place that you're so excited about your deliverance that you don't think about somebody else. Pray for your families. Many of you, you that are online, many of you that are here in the church, uh, many of you, God has worked a work in your life so that you can be the light in your family. You can be that voice that talks to God, that intercessor that talked to God for your family. I remember about three or four years ago, God spoke to me. He spoke to me, spoke to me, maybe about more than that, about six years ago. He spoke to me and said, I need you to stand in the gap for your family. Amen. So during this time of prayer and fasting, I want you to be praying for your family members. Pray for revival for the city, for the cities and for this nation. Be praying for revival. Never stop praying for revival. And I want you to also be praying for the defeat of the plans of Satan for this nation. Now, I want you to take that seriously. I don't want you to just gloss over that because the enemy has plans to destroy this nation, y'all. 
and he's working. He's working his plans. But the Bible says this, if my people that are what? Called by my name would what? Humble themselves and do what? Pray. You don't have to go into the White House. You can pray. You can be more effective on your knees praying than you can going to the White House. So we want to pray because the devil has a plan. If you've been watching the news and you've been listening to the news, you can hear different things and you, you, you can see the little uh, uh, undercurrent workings. But regardless of what the devil plans, God has the power to override that. And if we, the people of God, would pray that God would defeat the plans of the enemy for this nation, I believe that whatever it is the devil is planning, God can subdue it. So let's be praying that God would defeat the plans of the enemy for this nation. And this last thing I want us to be praying for that God would bring a build, strengthen, and enlighten the body of Christ. If there ever was a time that we, the body of Christ, need to be built up, strengthened, and enlightened, the Jesus, not Jesus, Paul prayed this prayer that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. And it's a time now that we, the body of Christ, start depending on the preacher. Amen. Let's pray that God would enlighten the body of Christ. Build us up. We are the answer. We are the hope for the world. And if we are not built up, if we are not strengthened, how is it that we can offer support and strength to others? So let's be praying that God will strengthen, build up, and enlighten the body of Christ, the church, so that now we can move inside of those things that God has ordained for us. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. If you've been born again, I don't ever want you to abandon your responsibility as a believer. Okay. Every one of us that have been born again have a responsibility as a believer. So let's allow God to strengthen us, build us up so that we can operate inside of that that God had in store for us. So those are the things that I want us to be praying and fasting about on this week. Again, that's Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Join in with us for a time of fasting and prayer. Amen. So we again, we thank God for that. All right. Now I have a word that I want to share with you that God spoke to me. And uh, I've said this many times before. A lot of times God speak a word to me for me. Okay, he speak a word to me for me. And as as I embrace that word, there are times that God said it's for you and for others. And as I was embracing this word that God spoke to me, um, God said, share it with the body. Because this is a time that we need to hear from God. I think it was in Jeremiah's day. Uh, uh, the children of Israel said, is there a word from the Lord? And I'm not here to stand and say exclusively, I have a word from the Lord because I believe that God is speaking all over. But I do believe that God gave me this word, amen, to share with the body of Christ. I've embraced it and I'm continuing to embrace it for my own life. But I want you to also embrace it for your lives. We're going to go into Psalm, the 42nd chapter, the first verse, the fifth verse, and the 11th verse. And we're also going to go into Lamentations, the third chapter, as well as Romans, the 15th chapter. I know we have quite a few scriptures, but sometimes we need the scriptures to declare what it is that God wants to say. Psalms, the 42nd chapter. And the first verse reads like this. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Now let's go to the fifth verse. The fifth verse says this, says, why? Art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted? Why are you bickering? Why are you troubled? 
soul, why is it that you can't keep quiet? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And then we're going to go to the third verse, and the third, not third verse, but the 11th verse. Now, there are scriptures in between these, but I just want to highlight these particular scriptures, and we'll go back here later as uh, the Lord directs us. But the 11th verse says the same thing. Why art thou disquieted, O my soul? Or why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Have you ever been in a place or period in your life where it seems like there's a whole lot of turmoil going on on the inside? And as much as you try to be at peace, that little voice and that little feeling down on the inside, keep on churning and churning. Here David said, why are you cast down? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance. If you notice in the fifth verse it says, I will praise him who is the help of my countenance. And here in the 11th verse, I will praise him for who is the health hmm, of my countenance. Let's go to Zechariah. Zechariah, the third chapter. And um, uh, not Zechariah. I don't know why I want to call Zechariah. Lamentations. Lamentations, the third chapter. Lamentations 3. And 21, it says, this I recall to mind. Therefore, have I hope. <laughs> Sometimes you need to stop and recollect, bring some things to your mind. Lamentation here, Jeremiah said, this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. <laughs> it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his pack compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. These are the things that Jeremiah was recalling to mind. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I love the word of God. Amen. The word of God has a way of challenging you in the midst of where you are. Then I want to go to Romans, the 15th chapter. Romans 15 and 13, and it says thus, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. If you were to look at um, these scriptures that I've read to you today, there is a common thread in each of these scriptures that uh, is called hope. And uh, um, for my topic on today, I want to talk on this particular subject. Don't lose hope. If you can, I want you to declare, say, I will not lose hope. Now, as we go into 2022, and as I said to you earlier, God has challenged me to not lose hope. And as we go into 2022, uh, um, there are two words that I want to lay before us and I want to challenge us and I want us to focus on as we go and walk throughout this year. And those two words are hope and expectation. Okay, hope and expectations. Now, I, I want us to look at this because uh, I believe that these are two words uh, 
if we were to embrace in our lives, these are two words that is going to carry us through all of the things that we are dealing with and all of the things that we are facing. We need hope and we need to expect something from God. In fact, expectation is nothing more than the baby that is born through hope. Because hope gives birth to expectation. Real hope gives birth to expectation. What if I'm going to hope? What? If, why am I going to hope for something if I'm not going to expect something to happen? And I want to challenge you on today. How many of you are expecting anything from God, or should I say this? What is it that you're expecting? What is it that you are expecting? When we look at what's happening in our lives and in our world, uh, uh, um, I want us to always understand that regardless of what's happening, we should always have hope in God. No, let me show you this. Let me let me go here because <laughs> when we look at this world, and, and I believe in dealing in reality, when we look at what's happening in our world today, there is a spirit of hopelessness that is plaguing our societies. When you look at the different things that are taking place in our world, you're, you're looking at the senseless murders and, and killings. And now, now we can dig a hole and put our head in the sand like the ostrich. But when we come out, we're going to still have to deal with the reality of what's happening around us. But I want us to understand the reason why these things are happening is because there is a spirit of hopelessness that the enemy has released in the earth that is plaguing our society. And we got to realize that in reality, now I want you to understand something in reality, we cannot, let me, let me say it this way. I understand why there's a spirit of hopelessness. I'll say it this way. And the reason why I'm telling you I can understand that is because whenever God is taken out of the picture, whenever there is no focus on God, I don't care what you are, I don't care what you have, inevitably the spirit of hopelessness will overtake you. I don't care how much money you get. There's still a spirit of hopelessness. We got some of the richest folk in the world that still feel hopeless. Come on. And that's a work of the enemy. He has released the spirit of hopelessness. Uh, well, but nothing good is going to happen. Come on, we, we, we need to really dismiss that statement out of our vocabulary because as long as we have God on our side, I don't care what's happening, we can always declare something good is going to happen to me. Oh, we, 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 we used to uh, uh, say that statement a lot in the late 90s and whatever, something good is going to happen to me. But let, let's not give it up. Let us start and let us go through our lives. Something good is going to happen to me. That's my hope. My hope is that I believe that something good is going to happen. Now, when we look at, as I said earlier, What's happening in our world today, the spirit, the, the, the coronavirus. And um, I know some of you may get tired of hearing about it, but it's still real. Okay. It's still out there. We've had several variants of the coronavirus that is still out there. It, and, I, and I want you to see something. I'm trying to paint a picture here. Because I want you to see what the enemy is trying to do. We got the rise in violence. Now, um, I don't, I, I, I read the news, I watch the news, but I'm for the most part more focused on the local news, which is here 
and in the surrounding cities. And, and, and if I were to be honest with myself, uh, never have I remembered that there's been a time that has been so much violence. So many senseless killings, you all. Young people, 14, 15 year old murdering their parents, killing themselves. What do you think that is? That is a spirit of hopelessness that is plaguing our society and is making them feel like there's nothing left to live for. I'll spend the rest of my life in prison. Okay, no big deal. Or I'll take my life. When we look at these things that are happening in our world, I want to challenge us. And I said this earlier, but I want to focus on this. I want to challenge us as believers. If you're a believer, lift your hand and say, I'm a believer. If you're online, I want you to declare in the chat box, I'm a believer. Because I want us that are believers now to make sure that we're not caught up in the spirit that is plaguing our society. Now, you can say, well, you know, my hope is in Jesus. No, that's more than just you saying that. You have got to make sure now that you don't allow your emotions and your thought processes to be caught up inside of what's happening in you and around you. And we've got to always be able to say, because I have God on my side. I want you to look at here now. Look at what uh, David said. David said this in the 62nd chapter of Psalms. In the 5th and the 6th verse, he said, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is what? From him. Now, I want you to understand now, uh, David was a man that God had positioned to be king. God spoke to him at age of 14 and said, you are going to be king of Israel. And here David in the 62nd chapter of Psalm, after he was reminiscing over the different things that he'd been going through, he said, my soul. Wait thou only upon you. I want you to look at this. Because there are times that we will go through you all. I wish I could preach a message to tell you that we won't go through anything. But there are times that we will go through. But David said, my soul wait only upon you. <laughs> I'm not waiting for the government to change. I'm not waiting for my finances to change. I'm not even waiting for my health, the, the doctors to change. My soul waiteth only upon you. And my expectation is from what you. God, God, I, oh yes, I, I want you to do this and I want you to, but my expectation is in you, God. I believe that there's nothing that you don't have the power to do. So my expectation is from you. And look at the two, sixth verse says, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and I shall not, what? Be moved. You ought to look at somebody and say, I shall not be moved. Whatever's happening, whatever's going on in my life, I shall not be moved from this place where I'm trusting and depending and hoping in God. My situations will not cause me to move. You, you know how sometimes you can tell what folk are going through by, you know, their, their character and their demeanor. You know, every time if things are going good, oh, yes, I'm happy. Thank you. I, I'm not, and they, uh, don't talk to me today. 
But because my hope is in God, I shall not be moved. I'm not going to be moved by situations nor circumstances. My hope is in him, so I will remain steadfast in my expectations from God. I'll still expect God to do for me even in the face of adversities. This is what David said. My hope only is in you. Now, we got to realize this thing, this here. As believers, we should always have hope. Now, this is the challenge. I found myself at a point in my life that I, you, you know, sometimes you start looking at what's happening around you. Start looking at circumstances and starts looking at situations and and, and start saying, "Oh God, you, you, you know what else? You, 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 you know, come on now, let's be honest now." And God challenged me. God challenged me. Said, "Where is your hope?" As believers, we should always have hope. Why is it that we should have hope? Because my hope is not based on what I see. My hope is not based on what's happening around me. But my hope is based on what God says and the fact that I have God in my life. So God is my hope. We'll see it right here in the Romans, the 15th chapter, uh, the 13th verse. He said, now the God of hope. Bye-bye. How many people say I got God on my side? He is the God of hope. In other words, he is the one that is there to give you hope. Stop allowing your situation to dictate to you how you're going to feel and how you're going to respond. As long as I have God on my side, I have hope. Paul here said, now the God of hope fill you with what? All joy. You mean to tell me I can have joy in the midst of difficulties? Yes, you can. Not because of what's happening around you, but because God is the one that is in control. And regardless of what's happening now, something good. Come on. It's going to happen for me. So here, as believers, we should always have hope. Why? Because God is our hope. He is why <laughs> we have hope. <laughs> David said this in the 23rd, uh, 27th Psalm, 27th Psalm, the 13th verse. David said, I had fainted <laughs> unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord. <laughs> Not when I get to heaven where in the land of the living i want you to look at this I, I, I love david because david was a straight shooter david would you you hear about david's down times you hear how he deal with them and how he moved because if you look at the 27th psalm he 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 really started out by you know talking about you know the goodness of god and then his difficulties and then he came back and said now I'm going to be honest with you all. I was at a place where I just felt like I couldn't make it. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> Anybody ever been to a place where you looked at what was happening around you and here, there? And, oh, my God. David said, I would have fainted, given up, thrown in the towel, unless I believed Unless I expected, I had an expectation from God. Unless I expected to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David said, in the midst of all that I was going through, I'm out here running for my life. I'm going from cave to cave. I'm going from city to city. And I felt like just throwing in the towel and said, God, this thing is never going to happen. But something down on the inside of me told me that God is still in control. And I believed in the midst of adversity that, that something good was going to happen. So now I settled 
myself because I believed to see the goodness. And I want to challenge you today. How many of you believe are believing to see the goodness of the Lord? You can look at what you're going through. You can look at the difficulties that you're facing and give in to that. Or you can look at those things and say, but God is still in control. David said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When we talk about hope, I want everybody just to say hope. When we talk about hope, and I want you to uh, adopt this word in your vocabulary for 2022, hope and expectation. Because when we talk about hope, I, I don't know about you, but, but, but sometimes you just need to summon hope. <laughs> Situations can knock you out, y'all. Come on. When you look and focus at what's happening around you, it can knock you out. I'm talking about even believers. But if you just keep hope, Jesse Jackson said this during his uh, uh, um, political journey, one of his uh, um, dissertations, he said this, he said, keep hope alive. And I want to challenge you here. Keep hope alive. Can you imagine where we will be as a people? I'm just talking about a people from Jesse Jackson's perspective. Where we will be as a people if we didn't just somehow keep hope alive? Come on. In the midst of all of the uh, uh, difficulties, in the midst of all of the injustices, in the midst of all of the discrimination, keep hope alive. You got to hope that one day, one day things will change. One day things will get better. Hope causes you to get up the next day and keep on going. Hopelessness causes you to forget about it and stay in bed. But hope gives you that energy to get up and keep on going. So now I want to challenge you now that in the midst of all that's going on, keep hope alive. When we talk about hope, and I, I got to hurry through this here. When we talk about hope, we're not talking about the world's definition for hope now. Because the world's definition for hope is wishful thinking. I'm crossing my finger and I'm hoping that things will change. And that's based on circumstances and situations. But when we talk about hope from God's perspective, anytime you look at hope in the Bible, it is not talking about wishful thinking, but hope from God's perspective is always joyful, confident expectation. Let me show you this. Joyful, confident expectation. Now, that's not me. That's a biblical definition for hope. Joyful, confident expectation. It's not, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. No. It's that joyful, confident expectation that something good is going to happen in my life. Now, I want you to look at this because when, when, when we look at this, now, now, let me go here before we, we go there. Let me go here. The Hebrew word for hope, biblically, is called yahav, which means to wait or to rest in expectation. Mm. To wait or to rest in expectation. That word expectation is always tied into hope, as I said earlier, because expectation is one of the offsprings of hope. Now, and, and, and let me give you something else. 
Joy is also one of the ex, one of the offsprings of hope. <laughs> now, when we look at this definition, joyful, confident expectation. As believers now, uh, 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 we don't have to cross our fingers. And, and I want you to get out of that. Uh, you know, well, well, if it happens, it have happened. It's almost like the song say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. I'm going to hope, but I don't really know if it's going to happen. No, that's not how believers hope. Believers hope with confidence, with joy, and with expectation. God is going to do this for me. I'm not worried about what I see. I'm not worried about what's happening. I have a joyful and confident expectation that whatever God says will come to pass. Now, I want us to understand this now because as we go on in life, as we deal with life, I'm not here to tell you that difficulties won't come. I'm not here to tell you that you won't have trials and tribulation, but I am here to tell you that in the midst of it all, God is still there with you. He said he is the very present helper in trouble. He didn't say, I'm going to take you out of the trouble, but he said, I'll be there with you in the midst of the trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous but what God delivers us out of them all that's the hope that we have that regardless of what and I want to challenge you today regardless of whatever it is that you're facing there is hope I remember Job when Job was going through his difficulties lost his family lost all of his a uh, 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 crop lost all of its animals lost even lost the the the, the support <clears throat> system that he had his wife told him to curse god and died his friends told him do you this is what's going on Job, this is what's going on nobody was there to build them up <sighs> and Job was there sitting down one day looking outside the window and he saw a tree that had been cut down I mean, it was in our lives because of circumstances we feel like our hope has been cut down. And, and Job looked out there, but then Job looked on the side of the tree and he saw a sprig. Coming up. And Job said, Is there yet hope for the tree? That just been cut down. <laughs> and then Job said, I'm gonna, if a man die, he can live again. I don't care. You can't kill hope. <laughs> you cannot kill hope. It was said that the New Zealanders, the New Zealanders said hope is like a swimmer. It never drowns. You can't drown it. Whatever you're going through, hope always have a way of bringing you to the surface. Now, when we look at hope, because I want us to see here, joyful, confident expectation. The devil, and I have to throw this in, the devil does not want us to have joy. He don't want you to have confidence. And he don't want you to expect anything from God. The Bible says in John the 10th chapter said, the thief cometh not for what to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, let me show you here now what the devil does now, because the devil understands that life happens to all of us. <laughs> you ought to look at yourself and look at somebody and say, life happens to all of us. But see, because now he gets intermingled inside of that in the midst of life the devil comes to steal your joy he don't want you to have joy and let me show you something with you if i don't have hope then i don't have joy 
because that joy is now come from out. Oh, I, I see what's happening, but I believe something good is going to happen. I believe God is going to come through for me. So now the devil is out to take that away from you. He does not want you to have joy. The Bible said that the joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. In other words, when I'm going through difficulties, the thing that I have now to pull me through is joy. In the midst of it, I still get, you ever, you ever remember when you was growing up in the church? I still got my joy. I'm going through some time. I got my joy. Why do I have my joy? Because I believe that God is going to come through for me. I'm not going to allow the enemy to take away my joy nor my confidence because I'm confident that whatever God says will come to pass. Now, as believers, we have to embrace these. We have to embrace joy. We have to embrace confidence. And we have to embrace expectation. <laughs> Let me show you this. Satan brings negativity. Okay. Satan always brings neg negativity. You ever going through some stuff and then you just find yourself so negative? Oh, yeah, but that's, you don't know what I'm dealing with. And you, you're, you're, oh, yeah, sure, that's a reality. But why be negative? Come on. Because you're entertaining Satan, and he's taking your joy. Satan always brings negativity, but God always brings hope. Okay, now I want you to look at it now because you, you need to see this because if we look at the pattern of God throughout the history of time, whenever the people were going through difficult times and difficult situations, God always sent them a word that would give them hope in the midst of what they're going through. You remember, we, we, we love the scripture in Jeremiah 29 and 11. We, we, we love the scripture. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, I know. Now, this is when the children of Israel was going through. They were in captivity. In other words, they, in reality, they were in slavery. They were in Babylonian captivity. And, and they were uh, 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 there. for. Uh, uh, if you look at the history of it, they were in captivity for 70 years. But in the middle of their captivity, God spoke a word to Jeremiah and told him, said, Jeremiah, tell the people this. Let them know this. I'm not going to take them out of captivity yet. <laughs> but let them know this. I know the plan that I have for you. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. Paul, uh, Jeremiah said, uh, God said, I, for I know the plan and thoughts I have for you, saith the Lord. Hmm. So look at this. I don't care what it is you're going through. God said, I know the plan and thoughts I have for you. Nothing has the power to change that. Nothing has the power to change. I know you're in captivity, but I still have a plan and I have thoughts for you. Look at what it says. I know the plan and the thoughts I have for you, said the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster. You, you, you know, negativity would say, oh, my God, oh, Lord, here we go again. Oh, Lord, nobody knows the trouble. Come on. But God said, even though you're in captivity, my plan for you is still peace and not disaster. Don't let the devil tell you, give you the worst out of everything. You know, sometimes folk can go through some things and they always see the worst possible outcome. You, you, you know, news can come, and before they even get the fullness of it, they're already thinking the worst. Come on. Come on. Now, this is what the devil does. The devil comes to bring, but God said, I'm not uh, here to bring you disaster. You're going through difficulties now, but my plan for you is not disaster. So regardless of how long you're here, my plan is not for disaster. Look at what it says. But to give you what? A future and the hope mm. in the midst of what you're going through don't let what you're dealing with now cause you to lose hope for your future 
God said, I still have a plan for you, for your future and for hope. What God has ordained for your life, God said, your situation don't have the power to change that. Don't allow your attitude, don't allow your thought processes to call you to lose hope with what God has said. Things may not change right now, but you can rest assured if God said it, it will come to pass. It was some number of years between the time God spoke to David and the time that he sat upon the throne, but he kept hoping in God. Come on. David went through some difficulties. But what God said came to pass. I want to challenge us on today. Don't allow what's happening around you or what's happening to you nor what's happening in you to cause you to become negative. Negativity is a killer, y'all. Negativity, <laughs> let me show you this. Negativity, you heard, of, you heard of pessimistic pessimism? You see the worst thing out of everything? Negativity is designed to kill your joy, kill your dream, kill your aspiration. Take away your strength. But I want you to understand something. Negativity is a choice. Let me say this again. Let me say it a different way. Negative thinking is a choice. It's not something that run you down and jump on you and put you in handcuffs. No, negative thinking is something that I choose to embrace. Something that I choose to do. Situations can come in your life. You choose how you're going to feel about it. You choose how you're going to think about that situation. But I want you to understand, just as negativity is a choice, hope is also a choice. Hope is also a choice. It's the attitude I choose to have in the midst of what I'm going through. Come on. Corey Ten Boone said this, and I've got to finish. Courtney Boom said this. She said, she was a great evangelist, great missionary in Germany. And she said these words. She said, look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. But look at Jesus, who is our hope, and be at rest. That's your choice. You have a choice. You can get caught up on what's happening around you. And believe you me, with all of the things that's happening in our society today and in our world and even in our lives, if we only focus on that, we are going to become distressed, perplexed, and bewildered. And then if we look on the inside and we see that, God, I don't have what it is, I got to become depressed. But if in the midst of all that we are facing, We'll look to Jesus. That's why the psalmist said this. Will I lift mine eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help? I want you to look at something now. In order to lift my eyes from the hill, I got to take my eyes off of what's happening here. I lift my eyes. That's what it lift my eyes. I lift my spirit. When I lift my eyes, I lift my spirit. He said, Will I lift mine eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help? 
My help does not come from what's happening. That's why we're in so much despair because we're looking for our help to come from our government. We look for our help to come from our finances. We look for our help to come from our friends. No, he said, my help comes from the Lord. I'm going to lift my eyes to the hill from where my help comes from. Oh, sure, he might touch somebody's heart to help me, but it's still coming from him. My help cometh from the Lord. I've got to close. There's so much more that I <clears throat> would like to say. But let me just let me let me just let me just close with this. The 42nd Psalm. And I want you to I want you to embrace this scripture. David here. In the 42nd Psalm, he starts out mm, by saying, as an heart panteth after the water. The heart is a deer running for his life. Throughout the wilderness, he gets weary and tired, and he realizes that what I need to continue is some water. And David said, I'm out here running for my life, I'm running from Saul, from cave to cave. I know God has spoken some things over my life. I know God ever ordained me to be king, but right now it's not happening. Anybody ever been in a place that you know God spoke some things, but it's not happening yet? And it seems like you're dealing with adversities more than you're dealing with the progression of what God has said. And David said, in the midst of it all, my soul is panting for you, God. I thirst for you. I'm not even thirsting for <laughs> you to change Saul's heart. He said, I'm, I thirst for you. For the living God. And as he looked at the different things that was happening around him, he said, my tears are my meat there at night because of what I'm going through. I want you to see something. You can cry, but don't lose hope. But David said, so... But why are you cast down? Now, David would have had every legitimate reason to come back and said, sure, well, look at what I'm going through. Well, I should be cast down. God said, I'm going to be king, and, and I here I am running around in the wilderness like a vagabond. It's not happening. God, I know you spoke some things concerning my life, but it looked like more is going against what you said than it's going to happen to bring to the past what you said. And you asked me, why are you cast down? I got a right to be cast down. Why are you disquieted within me? You ever go through some time, the period of your life, that it seemed like you can't go to sleep that time. I find myself laying in the bed at night just thinking, 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 thinking. Then I want to shut my mind up. Come on. Why are you disquieted within me? Why is it you keep rehearsing these negative things over and over and over again? Why is it that you keep bringing these things back up in me? Why? David challenged himself. Sometimes you got to stop and challenge yourself. You got to challenge your mind. Paul said, I think myself happy. 
You got to challenge your mind. You got to challenge your feelings. You got to challenge your emotions. If you don't challenge yourself, your feelings and your emotions will run away with you. But David said, Hope in God. Sometimes you got to preach the message of hope to your soul. Hope in God. Hope in God. Hope in God. It's not happening now, but hope in God. Abraham, the Bible said, he believed in hope against hope. When everything was going contrary to what God said, the Bible said he still hold fast to his hope in God. Challenge yourself to hope in God and never allow your hope in God to be attached to your circumstances your situations or your feelings my hope in God is attached to the fact that God said it God said it it's not happening like I want to but God you said God it seems like every time you sin too you take but God said Yo, we can't lose hope. We, we, we cannot lose hope. We gotta trust God to the end. Look at what he said now. I'm gonna close. He said, Hope thou in God, for I will what? Yet praise him. Hope in God causes you to praise him in the midst of difficulties. Child, you want me to praise God? You don't know what I'm going through. It don't matter what you're going through. I'm praising God for who he is because of who you are. I give you glory. Because of what you said, not because of what I see, but because of what you said, I'm praising you. Because my hope is in you, God. I want to challenge us as we go throughout this year of 2022. I cannot come here and tell you that God said your troubles are going to be over. something good and only half of it happened than the hope for nothing and all of it happens hope keeps me lifted I may hope beyond this year but I'm going to keep on hoping I'm going to keep on trusting I'm going to keep on expecting something great from God because when I look at the history of God Abraham Jacob waited 20 years before what God said came to pass Joseph waited 17 years waiting for that thing to come to pass can you imagine the number of times they could have just given up thrown in the towel but they kept hoping 
in God. Don't lose hope. Hold on to what God says. Expect great things from God. Psalm 71 20 says this. Said God, thou shalt increase my greatness. Mm, and comfort me on every side. And I want you to understand something. When we read these scriptures now, you know, these are not just scriptures that folk are reciting, you know, when they're on top of the mountain. These are the scriptures that they're reciting when they're in the valley, when they're going through despair, and they keep reminding myself, but God, you shall increase my greatness. Mm. And comfort me on every side. Say something good to yourself. Say something good to yourself. Speak good things to your soul. I know somehow. I know some way. We're going to make it. Why? Because with Jesus on my side, things will work out fine. We're going to make it. Preach the message of hope to your soul. Preach the message of hope to your soul. If you don't preach the message of hope to your soul, your circumstances will take you into despair. But you have to keep reminding yourself what God says but God said 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 hallelujah thank you Jesus we know that you were blessed by today's message we have to not only be listeners of the word of God but also doers to find out what your next steps may be simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.